how have you been over the past year and a bit? How are things at home? How are things uh, with work and everything like that? Uh, things are good. Yeah, for me, I've, um, in, I've, you know, I don't want to say I've completely enjoyed it. I've missed the travel, but I have enjoyed spending more time at home with my family and, and staying more connected to them and not having those big gaps in time when, where I'm away. Yeah. Uh, it's been enjoyable from a health standpoint. I, I've managed to win the battle. You know, I started running about 15 months ago before right. COVID started. And then when COVID continued, I just kept running. You know, I feel like Forrest Gump that way. I just kept going. So <laughs> it's been good. I've, I've managed to lose about 15 or 17 pounds or something like that during right. during all of that. Team People team tend to go either one way or the other way uh, during all of this. So I, I'm happy I've gone the right way. And nice. um you know, different kind of work, working remotely. I've got a home studio. This isn't it. It's in, it's in another, in another room. And yeah. I've spent a lot of time there. My cameraman comes here a lot and it's, okay. it, it could have been a lot worse. I know there's, well, first off, if you ever are looking for those 15 pounds, I have them over here. Excellent. I'll, I'll keep them for you. Okay. Um, but I, I know a lot of fun. people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was, I was speaking, for example, uh, with, uh, with Nubble, Nubble Kareem at ESPN. Mm -hmm. Uh, a few weeks ago and you know he's he said he, he never left the studio in terms of he never you know did stuff at home he kept on coming in uh he obviously he said you know there's less people and so on um but it sounds like you've sort of have stayed at home and are doing things remote yeah for the most part i mean when the when hockey returned last year and they were in the bubble in edmonton i was there for three weeks okay um, took my family out there for a week of it because I've got a lot of family in Edmonton. So, you know, it was a chance for all of them to connect. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I did three weeks there. And then now that hockey's been going and when the Canucks play at home and when they practice at home, I do go to that okay. uh, in person. But beyond that, uh, generally everything's been at home. All right, perfect. What do you think of this uh, North Division experiment? Board, you know, like it was... <laughs> It was unique, you know, at the start, and and you know, I think everybody kind of liked it. It increased some of the rivalries, you know, like the, the the West teams and the East teams don't have real rivalries, you know. Certainly, people, you know, like Vancouverites don't like Toronto, uh, yeah. you know. You get all of that, and you know, so by extension, you don't like the least, but you really don't develop a dislike for the the team. You just don't like the uniform, uh, you know, and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the players, you know, I, I think those types of rivalries between East and West have become a little bit bigger. But I think people are bored of it now, and especially since it's not really competitive, right? There's no playoff race. You know, the three teams that are going to miss the playoffs and the four teams that are going to make the playoffs. So now it's kind of a, let's just get on with this and get this over with and get in the playoffs. And, you know, certainly if you live in Vancouver, you're, you're done with hockey, yeah. um, you know, and same with Calgary, you know, two disappointing seasons in those markets. And you, you just, you know, I'm, I'm sure those teams as well would like to not have to wait for the, you know, for the COVID extra late games, here in Vancouver and just get the playoffs started. And, and I don't blame him at all. So I think generally it's been a bit much, too many games against those teams. We yeah. all understand it's unique. We all understand that, hey, it's better than not playing and not yeah. covering games and not watching games as a fan. But, you know, it's hopefully it doesn't continue. Fair enough. Uh, re remind me, because I'm not, I'm not following hockey too much these days, but so what happens in playoff time? Like the, the border goes away. Do the teams isolate in, in the States? What, what happens with that? Yeah, you know, I don't think that decision has been made, to be truthful. Wow. I know they're working on it, but okay. um, I think in a perfect world, they'd love to be in a position where the American teams could come up and the teams could travel and have a normal seven-game series where you go home and you go away. 
Yeah. I don't know that that's going to be allowed. I don't know the government's going to allow it at that point, but you know, they've got a month to get it figured out because it's going to take that long to play their internal North division playoff first. Right. Okay. So, that happens first. Okay. you know, so at that point, it, you know, you're going to have the four teams uh, play, you know, one versus four, two versus three, then the winners play. And then when that's over, uh, you know, I think there's a real possibility that that team has got to centralize in the United States and, and just play there. And, um, uh, and not go back and forth. So uh, that's not, you know, fully confirmed. I know those Canadian teams would obviously uh, like to have, you know, like to have that revisited when the time is right, but yeah. they're going to need the government to sign off on, a, on a, not having to do a seven day quarantine, which now you've got to do. So I, I don't know what the appetite is going to be in a month or, you know, I guess five or six weeks from now, by the time the playoffs get started to do that. Yeah. Which, um, which format did you prefer? Did you prefer the two bubbles of, of last year? Or do you think, you know, what they're doing now is, is the better version? Well, I mean, I think what they're doing now is more lifelike. It's, it's, you know, more what the teams and players are used to. And it gives those players a chance to spend some time at home with their families and in their beds. So, you know, I think, I think that's a positive for everybody just to, yeah. to have that level of normalcy. The bubble was, it was fine just to kind of get it going, but it was, it was different, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely um cfl yeah last year they canceled um and i don't know if i was shocked or not but it was i was thinking they canceled the cfl season is that it for this league um because for many years at least you know in the vantage point of being in toronto um the league seems to teeter-totter on collapsing and succeeding it seems it's a fine balance there um i know they've spoken about 2021 they're going to have a season what are your thoughts on on the cfl and how they've fared over the past year plus yeah you know last year was disappointing that they didn't find a way to play you know and ultimately i think the league and its owners made a mistake uh look it's not my money you know you know there's yeah. there's it's, yeah. it's easy to spend somebody else's money, but when you look at what was lost, you know, I think there's a bigger concern for them being the only league essentially that didn't play last year. And, you know, there are fans that are just kind of teetering and that was a, a good reason for them to, to cut out. Right. So I, I don't know, you know, I always go through this when a, when a league strikes that there's a certain amount of anger and apathy, but then, you know, there's also some places where it's not really woven into the fabric of what they do. So it doesn't hurt as much. You know, and if it doesn't hurt as much, it's easy to come back to, right? Because you you weren't, you know, you didn't feel a loss. You didn't feel that emotion. You didn't feel that anger. And, you know, and in Canada, when a hockey team strikes or, you know, or a season gets canceled, it even whets the appetite even more. Those people want to come back desperately, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I don't know what it's going to look like for the CFL when it first gets started. I mean, we, you know, we do know it's not going to be full stadiums anyway. So if there is a, a struggle to get fan engagement and fan attendance, well, you won't notice it because, they're only going to allow 25% of fans to begin with. Right. So, you know, it, it uh, won't be bad from that perspective to start with, but, you know, I think this whole XFL dialogue for the last couple of months has shown me, if nothing else, that there are CFL fans out there still, and it's got us talking about it. And yeah. it, so hopefully the, the passionate fans are even more passionate now talking to people around the league they feel pretty good about what their sponsorship retention levels have been like their season ticket holder retention has been like, and, and all of those types of things. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see what it looks like, but I, I think they made a mistake last year by not playing. Wow. Really interesting. 
Farhan, you've been covering sports forever, it seems, uh, even, yeah. even in university. Do you remember a time when you weren't covering sports? I don't know that I can, you know, I, I mean, I remember when I was in high school and I remember playing sports, but I, I, I don't necessarily remember not covering it only because when I got to Simon Fraser, uh, even when I wasn't working, I, I spent time volunteering to build up my resume. So I used to do community television. I used to do campus radio. I would write for the campus paper. Uh, then eventually from there, I got a job at the university in the athletic department for three years as the sports information director. So um, you know, I was helping to promote, you know, I wasn't necessarily covering it per se, but I was at a lot of events and, and writing about it to pr provide that information out to other members of the media and things like that. So, you know, in that sense, I was covering it to, to a point. So it was certainly a part of my day-to-day -day life. And then from there, I got a radio job and then I got into, into television and CBC and then two years later at TSN. So it's, it really has been all of my adult life. There's no question about it. I mean, since the late eighties, I've been doing it. You've always wanted to do this. Uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't say that. You know, I, I think when you're when you're younger, you want to play, right? You want to be an yeah, athlete. Yeah, you want absolutely. To be, you know, you want to do that, and then when you realize that's not going to happen, for me, it meant a lot to stay in the game. So I've done mm -hmm. that, and I've also been coaching. You know, and I've had a chance to coach for as long as I've been a broadcaster, really since 1987. So I've been embedded in sports all that time. I mean, I, you know, I was that kid when I was younger that. I'm the guy that organized all of his friends to go play. I was the guy that organized, you know, to, to play little mini leagues and to, to like, just to, to, to do as much of it as I could. Right. I mean, I, I've always done it, not just as a recreation. It's always been an intense passion of mine. Yeah. So, it, you know, I, I think at the time when I was in university, I, I didn't think I would be a sportscaster. I thought I would get into some form of, um, media relations or possibly management or, you know, there was a time when I thought I might get into professional coaching. It was always something like that that yeah. was always going to be connected to sport. Uh, and, you know, part of the reason was because here in Vancouver, there weren't, you know, there weren't a lot of sports outlets and those outlets that there were, you know, we had like three or four outlets, the same people had been there forever and it didn't look like they were going anywhere. So I just thought the opportunities would be so limited and I didn't want to leave. So, um, you know, I, I took another path on the media relations side, starting at SFU. And then from there, I got an opportunity and it, it just kind of fell into place, you know, and way back then the Vancouver Grizzlies came That's and that opened, up, that, that opened up the market. And then another news station started and another sports station started. And, you know, it's right around that time in the late nineties where, where everything kind of expanded a little bit. Right. And I was able to get in right then. And, uh, you know, it's changed a lot even since then, but, you know, I, I, I found the window and the opportunity and haven't looked back. That is nice. When I, when I was speaking with Nubbill, um, you know, he talked to me about taking you to one of his classes. Um, I, th I think when he was- Nubbill makes, makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah. That's his fault. I was just- yeah, he, even, he even tells me I'm the OG. You're the OG. He actually, I think he said that on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, but he talked about how he would see you and, and you were sort of like an inspiration. It was like, okay, Farhan has done it. Um, it almost gave him permission to, okay, that means I can do that Yeah. as, as well. I'm curious about you. Like, was there, I don't know, was there someone that you looked up to that told you, yeah, Farhan, you can do what I do. 
Um, not really. And I say that because it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do to begin with. Right. Yeah. Uh, had I, had I done it or had it been a goal coming out of high school that, that this is what I want to do, then I would have looked for that. Now, uh, Ian Hanneman Singh is somebody I watched, you know, growing up and, and, you know, he did show me a little bit that, yeah, okay, you can do it. Yeah. And, you know, I remember going through it at the time when I first got started and I thought, should I change my name? Right. Like, really? should I, should I have a Canadian, not change it legally, but should I have a television yeah. name? Yeah. And, um, and, and I didn't. And, you know, so the only thing that I, I did at the time was, you know, people would say my name differently. I just wanted to make sure I said it correctly and be proud of it. Right. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, honestly, I, I didn't, uh, you know, truthfully, I haven't experienced a lot of racism in my life. People ask me about that a lot. And, okay. you know, so I, I never felt marginalized to be truthful. I think I got my first job in television strictly because I was a racial hire. Right. No one ever said that to me, but you could tell based on my limited experience and the job that I got in a major market uh, anchoring news at CBC. You know, I, I certainly believe in in retrospect and probably even at the time that my color had something to do with it. And that put a lot more pressure on. Right. Because you really couldn't screw up, because if you did, then you took away opportunities for others behind you. Right. Yeah. So it was really important that I succeeded when I got that opportunity. But um yeah, you know, I, I think Ian would probably be the only one, you know, of, of color that was really obvious to me, like, you know, South Asian descent that was really obvious to me. And he was in news, not in sports. So it wasn't necessarily a direct link, but he was so polished. You know, yeah. he, he was really, really smooth. And he worked at CBC and he was based in Vancouver. So I got to know him a little bit back then because that was my first job. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, if there was anybody, it was probably Ian. You've decided, I don't know if you've decided it or it just turned out. You've stayed in Vancouver. You've stayed in BC. You haven't yeah. um, gone across country to, I don't know, get your reps. Uh, you haven't been attracted. Um, yeah, I live in Toronto, but, you know, whatever. You, know, you, you haven't been attracted by the big lights of, uh, of Toronto or, or even gone down uh, to the States. Uh, is, is that by design? Is that just by happenstance or... A bit of both. I've never wanted to, like, my thought all the time was that if I'm going to stay in Vancouver as long as I can, and I don't want to go anywhere else in Canada. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I was interested in in going to the States at one point. I had an agent fairly early in my career. And, um, you know, and I did get some opportunities. But what I found, like, in the early 2000s is, is I was fast-tracking to TSN, and I was getting to cover a lot of big events. And I didn't want to go back to local television, right? Like, okay. that, that was not what I wanted to do. So, would I have taken the leap if there was a network opportunity? I probably would have at that time. But, you know, I got offered like regional jobs in, you know, New Jersey and Pittsburgh and a few okay. things like this. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Now, you know, in, in hindsight, would I have done it differently? Because could I have gone there, done well in a U.S. smaller market? Not a smaller market, but just a local market, even if it was in a bigger city, and tried to work my way from it to a network there? Potentially, right? But I mean, you know, people have gone from TSN to do it. And then, you know, I, I just, I probably just didn't aggressively pursue it enough. And, and I'm not sure if I regret that or not, you know, like I okay. look at the bill and it's funny, he calls me the OG, but I really envy him. I mean, I'm proud of him yeah, for doing yeah. what he's doing, but I, but I envy him, right? Because he's, he's at ESPN and he's getting to do, you know, when he did college football last year, I'm like, dude, that's my job. You've, <laughs> you've got my job and you're 20 years younger than me. And, you know, cause I'm such a college football fan, but I like, I'm so happy for him and I'm so proud of him. He's, he's just an awesome kid and not even kid. I mean, he's got two children himself. Yeah. He's, he's just a, an awesome person. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I consider him a good friend. So, um, 
there is part of me that wishes uh, he would have taken that, you know, that I would have taken that path, yeah. uh, but I didn't. But I mean, look, everything leads you to where you are, right? I mean, I, I met my wife and here and I love my wife and I love my family. And, you know, I, I wouldn't change that part of it for sure. So it's been good. I mean, I did get offered the opportunity to go to Toronto a couple of times. And, you know, I think there's people in Toronto that believe you should just want to go back and cover the Toronto teams. And I'm like, sure. why? Why? <laughs> Honestly. Right. Like I, I have no desire to do that. Now, did I have a desire, you know, like what was I interested in anchoring? You know, I, I kind of always liked reporting better. Like I liked covering live events. Now, okay. you know, you can, you know, might you make more money depending on what you get to do as an anchor? You might a little bit. Uh, it depends. But, you know, I'm, you know, my longevity has afforded me some good opportunities in that regard, too. So I like doing the events. You know, I mean, there's a monotony to all of it and there's some awesomeness to all of it. Right. Uh, you know, the guys that, that work on the desk sometimes will tell you it feels like an office job, right? Because of the schedule, you know, and for me, uh, when the, you know, when the Canucks suck, there's a monotony to that, right? Going day after day and, and nobody elsewhere in the country thinking what you do is important, right? Uh, certainly, I've got the CFL role and the insider role, and, and that's all been good. And getting to cover the NFL as extensively as I have in the Super Bowls and all of that's been fantastic as well. So, you know, my job has kind of morphed to, there was a time when I did everything, right? Like, I mean, I've done five Olympics. I used to do a bunch of, bunch of golf events, um, you know, NBA finals, final four, like I've done all of it and I've enjoyed doing all of it. But now that I've kind of been able to morph into football hockey only, yeah. uh, I think it's the job that I want at this time in my life to, and not even football hockey, football, all things football and just the Canucks, Right. Because I'm not dying to do more Stanley Cup finals and, and things of that nature. I, you know, I want to cover my own market that way. And then in terms of the bigger national stuff, uh, doing being able to do that on the football side has been has been perfect. It's the right mix for me right now. Excellent. Is there is there an event that you went to cover? That whether you're, it was at the time you're covering it or as you're coming home that you that you thought to yourself, well, that was kind of boring. That was a disappointment. <laughs> uh, so, so something you sort of it was up on a pedestal and it, you came back and you go yeah didn't do it for me was there anything like that no not really you know i've liked it all and i've liked yeah. it all for what it was um you know like i said the olympics have been have been wonderful experiences and you know but like it, it is work right i mean and that's the thing is that when people you know see you at a super bowl they think oh my god that's amazing and it's great and i don't take it for granted and i really enjoy doing it but there is a routine to it. There is a work element to it, you know, and I'm not the guy that I was in my late twenties, early thirties, where, you know, I went out all the time. Right. Uh, you know, I went out to all the hot spots and did all of that as well. Like, you know, now it's, you know, you go and you, you cover the event, you go back and you prepare for the next day and you try to get some sleep and you get up and you start it over again. And, and I'm not complaining at all. Believe me, I love what I do, yeah. but there is a, there is a work and a grind to it. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's good and bad, right? You're not good and bad. It's good, and then it's kind of a job like everybody else has as well. What was your? But I wouldn't say I've been let down yeah. uh, at a particular event yet. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to think about that one a little longer. No one's asked me that before. That's pretty good. What What about uh, your first big event that you had to travel to? Which what, Which one was that? Um. Let's see. Uh, probably 04 Athens like that year it's funny I hadn't done a lot of international travel earlier in my life yeah. and then uh 03 that winter um like 03 04 that winter I went to Helsinki for the world juniors oh, 
Okay. And so that was, you know, my first covering it like that. And then I took my wife, then my fiance with me. And then after that, we spent about two weeks in Europe traveling around, which I hadn't, you know, done before. And then from there, I went to uh, the Olympics and I was in Athens and, you know, we were there for like three and a half, four weeks. And that was just unbelievable for me. And then, you know, and I had a bunch of international events right after that. Right. So, you know, so, so that was good, you know, that I hadn't done before. And, and it was, you know, those were kind of eye-opening types of events and, you know, I, uh, it's funny because then as I was doing more and more of that, I remember that in 06, uh, I was over in Europe for something. I was covering something. And then I was, I was in Germany where my wife's family, she's got a lot of family there. And the World Cup was happening in Germany that year. And I was offered the assignment and I turned it down because, you know, I, I had a bunch of Stanley Cup playoffs to do. And, you know, I just was tired of being on the road and, and the, you know, the, her German family couldn't believe that I said no to covering the World Cup. And I've never been a soccer guy, but, you know, I, I do uh, I, I do wish that I'd had a chance to cover that, you know, whether it was there and when it was in Brazil or some of those types of things. But, you know, for the most part, it's it's been, you know, I've, I've had a chance to touch a lot of it. and It's been good. The World World Cup would be the one event you'd let you you maybe would like to cover before this is all said and done. Maybe, you know, like, I don't know that I'm going to get the opportunity just because the way the way the job is morphed, but it's kind of yeah. the one event that I wish I had. And again, not because I'm a soccer guy, but just from a, a pure sure. spectacle of it, right? I've been able to cover the spectacle of an Olympics, you know, covering even an Olympics in your hometown is just magical. Like, it's so magical, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm so oh, proud yeah. of my city. That's right. But but in terms of, you know, going to a World Cup, just as that being such a global, iconic event, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to do that at some point, but nothing I'm going to beat down the doors over. Maybe I'll go one day as a fan. Well, I was going to ask you that. What's what's the last event that you've been to that you haven't covered? Not not including, you know, the Rose Bowl, stuff. the Rose okay. Bowl. Yeah, Washington and uh, Ohio State. I'm a huge college football fan, like a college football junkie, and my son is is a good fan as well. And, and okay. he, you know, he's a football player. And um, yeah, that was probably the one. Like he and I and another friend of ours. Uh, we went down uh, that December and I, I was covering the college football playoff as well. So in between the, the sem national semifinals and the final, uh, we went to the Rose Bowl and I took him with me and, um, you know, all the sights and sounds. And we were down there for three or four days. So that's probably the last big event. I uh, went to a Laker game, a few things like that. So that was fun. Nice. Um, you, you talked about your son playing football. Uh, I know you you still coach. Is that correct? You know what I have up until now, but I'm stepping down from that after 30 plus years, but yeah, wow. I've done quite a bit of it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I know we're short on time, but let me, let me ask you this. Um, you, 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 you've covered football for, for many years. You've, you've coached for many years. Your son is now playing uh, football. Um, how, I guess as a father and as a coach, how do you deal? And I know it's across all sports, but it seems that, you know, football is the main one that has this, this issue and this discussion around concussions um, and, and any, any long-term effects as a result of that. How do you deal with that yourself as both a coach and a father? Well, I, I think as much as anything else, you have to treat them all like your children in that particular issue, right? And in many issues you do, right? Like you develop such a closeness to them. So number one, you don't want to put them at risk. Now, the sport inherently has risks, but I also believe the, the sport has tremendous benefits, more so than other sports, right? Uh, you know, um, 
in terms of, you know, teamwork and life lessons and sacrifice and the things you're asked to do in this sport, uh, it, it really is unique. And people who have played other sports uh, will say, no, no, they're all like that. And I don't believe they are. So I, I have a real passion and love affair with the sport. So that's number one. So if you want to protect the sport and you want to protect the kids and you want to keep the kids involved in the sport, what you've got to do is you've got to educate yourself and you've got to educate the kids and you've got to educate the families and you can't take people for granted and yeah. you can't take the issue, um, you know, uh, like it's trivial because it's not, it is an issue, right? So I think as a sport, we've done a really good job over the last 10 years to, uh, to change, now, again, it's a physical contact sport, but I was also the president of BC High School football for three years, and I've been on the board of directors of BC High School football for like 25 years. And so, I, you know, I've tried to be a leader in these areas. And so, you know, we would improve uh, things like, uh, you know, baseline testing and the standard of medical care you want to make sure all the kids have and the resources they have. So change the way you practice. You know, when I played high school football, we practice in full pads and we used to hit full contact every day, right? Until the game, right? Like we would go hard for four days and then play in the game. Well, now we don't do that anymore. Right. So, you know, you've got contact limits, you change the way you teach tackling, uh, you know, and you try to change the culture of the game because, you know, I, I remember when I, when I grew up, you know, there was gratuitous hits, right? Like you would blindside people and, you know, put like you would intentionally try to go helmet to helmet. And, you know, you watch all those old videos and, and, and you, the NFL film stuff, and you would really glorify the gratuitous hits. Mm -hmm. And so the culture has also needed a, a shift. And you can see it when you watch NFL games, as violent as it is, there's a moment in a game where a player is vulnerable and someone's got a chance to really injure them and they don't, right? They just tackle them. And yeah. it shows you that the culture is changing a little bit. So, you know, people, some people might view me as an apologist or that, you know, we just shouldn't have football because it's too tough or we shouldn't have hockey because it's too tough, but they're wrong, right? Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful game. Hockey's a wonderful game. I think there's a real value to contact sports, um, you know, because you challenge yourself physically and, and it breaks down a lot of emotional and mental barriers when you're able to overcome some physical fears. You know, there's a lot to it that um, I, I think the kids benefit by. So, uh, don't dismiss the issue. Don't sweep it under the rug. Take it seriously. Do everything you can to put protections around and education around it and then move forward and, and do the best you can. And, you know, certainly from my son's perspective, you know, I like I, I take it real seriously. If he's got even anything remote that makes me worry, like I pull him out for an extended period of time, but I treat other kids the same way. Right. So um, I want to be able to look the kid in the eye down the road and, and the parent in the eye. You know, there was one kid that. Um, I wish I'd done a better job mm. of it. You know, like I, I, um, I, I regret it. You know, there was one kid that he really wanted to come back and play and he just wanted to keep playing. And I convinced myself that it was okay, you know, and wow. the mom wanted him to play and the doctors would clear him. And deep down, I just had a sick feeling in my stomach that we just shouldn't allow him to play. But then the other side of me is like, God, it's his dream. And it's, he loves it so much. Don't take it away from him. The doctors have said yes. And, and I knew in my heart that I made the wrong decision. And it was about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, he eventually had to give it up and, and I, the last like two times he came back, I, I had such regret over that, that I was never going to let that happen again. Wow. Wow. Why, why is this the right time for you to uh, step away from coaching? Just because my kids are getting to that age and, you know, I, I've never wanted to really admit that it came at a, at a cost um, right. and it does. And, you know, they, they need me now. And I, I just, I need change in my life right now. Um, so, you know, it's been such an anchor or, and, and I say that in a positive way, like a stability sure. piece in my life. 
And, but, but it does come at a cost. And, you know, my son's got, we always thought that he would play for me and, you know, I've coached him in youth football and, you know, we thought we would do that through high school, but he's got some, some bigger aspirations and and I want to help facilitate that and and help him with his dreams. And, um, you know, and just, you know, it's, it's the right move for my entire family to, for me to step away and for us to do some different things. And, and we're, we're all really excited about it. That is awesome. That that's uh, good news. I'm going to keep my eyes and ears open for uh, for Alalji on uh, there you go. on on the field. That is awesome, Farhan. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, all the best with everything that you that you're doing. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Don't worry. Thank you. All right. Take care.